women are missing out on hormones. They are missing out on hormones and they're being given the wrong information. And when they go to ask their doctors who are well-intentioned, 95% of the time, if not more, they get the wrong answers. Gynecologists are telling women they don't believe in hormones. They're, if they're not Santa Claus, they're not fantasy. Hormones are foundational biochemistry and they have been fallen down the rabbit hole of medicine. So my passion and my mission in life, because it's been that way in my own life, is to lead women to the path of having healthy hormones so they can have the opportunity like myself in their older age to have the youth maybe they never even had in their younger age. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What did you eat? How'd you do it? If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way. And each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast, and I'm so excited for today's guest. She's a best-selling author, one of the pioneers of functional medicine. She's a famous teacher, writer, and researcher in the role of nutrition, healthcare, and so many things. I could not be more thrilled to have Dr. Lindsay Berkson with us today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I love shows like yours. You're doing such great work. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I know that you are a gut and hormone expert, which is the two things I love to talk about. But can you tell us a little bit about your own journey and what led you into this area? I have been in practice in one way or another in nutrition or functional medicine for 47 years. Wow. My very first mentor is considered the father of bioidentical hormones, Dr. Jonathan Wright. So I Well, hold on. I got to stop you right there because I'm trying to figure out, are you going to share how I'm like blown away right now? If you're listening to this I'm podcast. I'm on Medicare for quite some time already. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, if you guys are listening to this podcast, then you need to watch this podcast and look how young she is. Are you willing to share with the listeners how old you are? No, but I'll tell you one thing that's really funny. I lecture for A4M, which is an anti-aging certification program. If a medical doctor or nurse practitioner is tired of regular medicine, frustrated, and wants to go back to med school, there are these four to five year certification programs, which is like going back to med school, where you learn how to do medicine differently. So I've been lecturing for them for a number of years. I'm a professor on two of those certification programs. And a few years ago, they started making us tell our age when we first got up there. So if we're speaking on fatty liver or get in the gastroenterology module, we first have to say our age. So I was like, oh my God, I've been lying on match.com for so many years. I'm going to be just hit in the face with a lot of lycopene rich tomatoes. <laughs> So when I do say my age in this small little safe, sacred space, I get a standing ovation. And at the break, all the young docs, which the average age is in their late 20s or 30s, they're surrounding me with their phones going, what do you eat? What hormones do you take? What do we do? Because we want to look like you when we're that old. And that is the whole 
deal. I mean, how do you really, it is exercise and nutrition are great, but they're not enough. So how, and the world is very toxic and dirty, which it's, you can't live in the Seinfeld bubble boy episode permanently. So how do you really give yourself the best opportunity to at the latter part of your life, have your money, some rupees in the bank, some knowledge under your belt, but have the same energy in life that you had when you were in your 20s and 30s, but now you got the time to really be more comfy in your bodysuit. Mm. So that's what I'm hoping we can share today. Well, I would like for you to share with us, to walk us through the day in the life of Lindsay. Like, what did you eat yesterday? When did you eat it? And are there any foods or food groups that you completely avoid or tell your patients to avoid? First of all, a lot of diet does need to be individualized. For example, a really popular diet today is the ketogenic diet, where people say you can eat a lot of fat if it's healthy fat and a lot of meats if they're healthy meats and less carbs, then that's a good thing to do. Well, that almost killed me. And it, it turned out that there are what I call molecules of mass destruction. So there are certain molecules that the Cleveland Clinic and the Mayo Clinic have discovered actually drive aging and illness. For example, one of them is called trimethylamine N-oxide, and the acronym is TMAO. And 1% to 2% of the population have elevated TMAO, and if you have that, meat, even healthy meat, even grass-fed meat, is not your friend. So I started consuming a ketogenic diet because on my own podcast, I had the belly, cardio the belly doctor, cardiologist, and a lot of people who are turning their health like the Titanic around toward a better health by having more meat. And I tried it and it was making me go downhill. When I ran that blood test, which you can get at Quest Laboratories, I'm not sure whether Clinical Pathology Labs has that, but it's called T. Tom Mary Apple orange, T-M-A-O. If you're elevated in that test, the norm is under six, meat is not your friend. So for myself, I discovered that I was very elevated in that molecule. And usually that means you have dysbiosis, where you have more bad bugs than good bugs in your gut. But that wasn't the case for me. My mother was given as a prenatal vitamin when she was pregnant with me, and millions of women were from 1938 to 1971, a very special, what they thought was a hormone to make pregnancies even better. And it turned out that this was the first major endocrine disrupting chemical and the most cancer causing substance ever invented and given to pregnant women in the first trimester when the fetus is developing. So those children born to those women were kind of screwed up physiologically speaking. And one of the things it did was it upregulated the enzyme that made TMAO. So I am what's called a DES daughter. The name of that drug was diethylstabestrol. The acronym is DES. And DES offspring have elevated TMAO. So for me, meat is mostly not my friend. So you know, everyone's always looking for the perfect diet. But you want to find out what is the best diet for you. And even in different times of your life, that can vary. So for me, I basically eat a lot more vegetables. I eat a lot of nuts. I eat a lot of raw foods. Um, I don't use gluten. I get cashew cassava tortillas, and I just fill it with sunflower seed sprouts and purple cabbage and different colored peppers like 
orange, red, yellow peppers. And I'll use nut butters. I'll um, cook with pistachio nuts, saute with them. And sometimes I'll have a little bit of organic turkey. And that's pretty much my intake. Massive amounts of vegetables, 10 to 15 different vegetables a day with lots of sprouts because sprouts are the most dynamically living food we can get. So I buy whatever Sprouts Whole Foods has and I'm just learning how to make my own macro greens. And often if you come to my home, there'll be bottles of sprouts all over my kitchen counter because it's so hard to get pure food today, but you have more control over growing your own sprouts. So I'm really a health nut. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you look amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, let's jump right into the listener questions. This first one is from Deborah in North Platte or North Platte. I'm telling you, I wish I would have done better in geography because I don't know where any of these places are. But regardless, this is what Deborah says. I've always heard that taking hormone supplements during menopause was dangerous and could cause cancer. Is this true? I'm a 52-year-old woman in the middle of menopause and suffering from terrible mood swings and weight gain, willing to try anything at this point. Deborah in North North Platte. Deborah, wherever you are, that is the number one question. Deborah, you asked the question that everybody's wondering about. People are saying and priding themselves, I'm aging naturally. I'm going to go through menopause as a natural diva, why do I need to do hormones? And maybe hormones will cause cancer, so I'm going to avoid them. That is now being shown to be absolutely wrong. Youth is due to hormone signals, giving cells youthful signals to keep yourself young and healthy. Aging is the loss of those hormone signals having more hot flashes, having poor sleep, having a trouble losing weight in your abdomen, having overwhelming feelings, loss of motivation, thinning bones, higher risk of cancer. Almost all of these are driven by the loss of hormone signals. In two weeks, I'm giving the very first continuing education credit course that was okayed by the CME board for medical doctors and nurse practitioners on how and why we should prescribe hormones to breast cancer patients. Even what we've learned about breast cancer, that breast cancer patients and high-risk patients should never have hormones, that's also not true. It turns out that hormones are foundational, more than diet, more than food. They are what keep you well, and when they're out of balance, they are often a huge contributor of what's making you frustratingly not get the results you want. So more women who have balanced hormones or take hormone replacement will have less breast cancer and less cancers and less what we call all-cause mortality by being on hormones than trying to brace yourself and convince yourself that you should go through menopause naturally. It's old hat. It is old hat and it's not accurate. Yet these headlines make the news. The scary headlines make the news. And for the scientists analyzing them in the the clinical trenches, a lot of the news that says that estrogen is a bad player in causing breast cancer is junk science and not well-deserved for that headline. And the headlines that give us a lot of news where we find out that hormones protect us against breast cancer aren't making it. There's a great book. I have a lot of books out, but there's a book that just came out from an oncologist that I interviewed 
for my book, Safe Hormones, Smart Women, it's called Estrogen Matters. He's the guy that was able to take surgeons and get them to stop making disabling breast cancer intervention surgeries and only do the lumpectomy and radiation. He was the guy who changed the standard of care and surgical intervention for breast cancer. Now he's coming out and showing, he has the only study of 14 years of breast cancer patients where he gave them estrogen and he tracked them to a comparable group of breast cancer patients not getting estrogen and they had less risk of recurrence and they had less risk of death from breast cancer and less risk of all cause death. And he goes through all of the science step-by-step step showing you how hormones, the higher and healthier they are in a normal range, keep you better longer. So you ought to take a look at that book by Avram Blooming called Estrogen Matters. It just came out. Mm. I don't make anything from that. I'm just excited to hear another colleague get the message out. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, but as you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women and every time I've watched a thin eater eat, I realize that maintaining a healthy weight is a skill that can be taught and mastered over time. That's why I created a video course that will teach you all the tips that I learned to help me lose over 30 pounds. It's way more powerful to watch the thin eaters than even to listen or to read it. Go to chantalrayway.com video for a free glimpse. All right, perfect. This this question just came in this morning. It's from Suzanne Jones in Austin, Texas. Um, uh, she says, I just got my thyroid tested and my TSH was at 10. And my doctor said that people feel great when their TSH is between one and two. He said, your thyroid is 10 times worse than the average person. I have been going from freezing cold to burning up hot, even when the temperature is 71 degrees in the house. I'll go from sweating and burning up and to being freezing. I just started taking Nature Throid. I'm a 39-year-old woman and my periods are all over the map and I think I'm estrogen dominant, but I'm not sure if I am. I just read an article on Google and now think I am. What can I do about getting so hot and cold? Do you think it's my thyroid? Do you think it's estrogen dominant? I read an article online that says the most common signs and symptoms of estrogen dominance include fatigue, mood ch changes, hot flashes, low libido, bloating and difficulty concentrating. I have all of these symptoms. So how do you get rid of high estrogen? And do you use it? Do you do it by taking progesterone cream? Suzanne Jones in Austin, Texas. Hey, Suzanne. Well, there was a lot to break down in that question. So first of all, let's talk about your thyroid. Your doctor was totally right. Thyroid a TSH of 10 is a flashing red light on your physiologic dashboard that you have slow thyroid functioning. And you wanna start, you start out with Nature Thyroid, that sounds great, some people respond well to that, other people have to go to other interventions, but hormones are a symphony. They all function together, thyroid, insulin, progesterone, oxytocin, prolactin, you can go on and on. All of your, even vitamin D is a pro-hormone, so it's, part of the hormone family. They all function together and dysfunction together. So if your thyroid is off, a very in-the-know doc will also look at all your other hormones to make sure that they're not part of the reason your thyroid is low. For example, progesterone helps thyroid get into the receptor to deliver its signal to your thyroid gene. 
and adrenal glands and thyroid are best friends, absolutely a, a duad. So you want to look at other hormones to make sure that you're not just treating one thing when there's several things. Because usually when something goes wrong in the body, there are several things that go wrong. And that's because nature designed us to have redundancy systems, backup systems. So if one thing goes wrong, we have a backup system, then we have another backup system. We have, usually, you have to have a number of backup systems go wrong for a health issue to show up, and a TSH of 10 is a health issue showing up. So you want to know why that is that way. Although you can still have low thyroid or thyroid issues with a normal TSH because it's not the only way we assess thyroid functioning. But it sounds like you've got a really good doc and getting your thermostat being all off is one of the flashing red lights of thyroid issues. I hate the term estrogen dominance. Bad term. Bad, 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 bad term. The reason is it makes estrogen sound like a bad thing and if it's too much, it's a bad thing. What it really is talking about is balance because there's the good estrogen dominance, an estrogen that you want to be high which is estriol, which signals estrogen receptor beta, the second estrogen ever discovered by Yanaki Gustafsson at the Karolinska Institute, Sweden's version of Harvard. So that's a good estrogen dominance. So the idea of estrogen dominance is very simplistic for the public, and it gets people extremely confused. You can have too much of the more aggressive acting estrogen, which is called estrone, and that might be what people are more referring to with estrogen dominance. But to get estrogen to act more balanced, you ha again have to look at all of your hormones. It can be that progesterone, which is a, a buddy, a policeman of estrogen, is in insufficient action or it's not working right because there's the level of hormones isn't the whole story. It's the receptor functionality where a hormone delivers its signal. It could be that you have too many pollutants in your body that are sitting on your receptor. So even though you have normal amounts of progesterone, it can't get in. It can't go into that portal. It could be that progesterone, um, it could be that it's not a progesterone problem with estrogen. It could be that you're very stressed out and cortisol is sitting on your estrogen receptor, your stress hormone. And even though you have progesterone or estrogen, it won't let it in. So once again, to truly get yourself healthy, a knowledgeable practitioner will look at all of your hormones and your lifestyle, maybe even your toxic load, because if you have too much toxic load, your receptors won't function no matter how perfectly whatever test they measure your hormones at comes out. So it's always the bigger, 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 bigger picture. Hormones are the bigger picture for them to be your foundation. And I keep trying to teach to everybody when I lecture, and I mainly lecture for continuing medical education courses to doctors and pharmacists and nurse practitioners, not too many naturopaths. I don't know why they don't invite me, but I'd like to lecture to more of those. But that there's this bigger picture of hormones. Besides being free of pollutants for a hormone to freely deliver its signal, this is where all your food choices go. The food we were just talking about. What's the best food? Well, if you digest whatever food you take inadequately, your magnesium, your zinc, your B6, your iodine, your vitamin A, they all sit inside the receptor and they go like the little shop of horrors, come to me, come to me, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And they want to get that hormone signal in and deliver it to the gene and then the hormone's done its successful job description. But you can, 
be taking hormones, you could measure your hormones, you could do till the cows come home, but if you're nutrient deficient or toxin poor or hormone, dis, hormone family dysfunctional, then you don't have the hormones work. So it's this bigger picture and you need to have someone evaluate yourself to get the answer for you. Is there any foods that you found for yourself personally that when you eat these foods, it disrupts your hormones for you personally? If I eat sugar, it'll disrupt my hormones. If I eat fried foods, it will disrupt my hormones definitively. On the whole, soy is a very helpful food for estrogen. Very helpful. Soy signals the positive estrogen that you would like to be dominant, the estriol estrogen that sits on the ER beta or the second estrogen receptor. Iodine-rich foods are good. Colorful foods like purple. I eat, I buy one whole red cabbage every week and eat it in some way, whether I saute it or take little pieces and put it on top of my cashew cassava tortilla, or just put a piece of, I love voila cheese. It's a coconut cheese that you can get at Whole Foods, especially their cheddar flavor. And I put that on top of a slice of coconut, maybe with some chipotle mustard. I just try to eat a whole entire red cabbage a week because I find that keeps my hormones healthy. And the same with sunflower sprouts. And Whole Foods sells them for just $3 a container. And I try and go through about four sunflower sprouts of containers a week because they're very estrogen, um, estrogen caretaking. Mm. Anything else that you could share with us that you personally eat that you say this is a staple? So I'm assuming you don't eat gluten and you don't eat dairy? Well, I have a little bit of dairy here and there. There's a great Austin restaurant named Chewy's that has one of the best salad dressings ever. So I allow myself a little bit here and there. I just don't eat it as a staple. I'm not an ill person. I was younger in my life when I had to figure out how to be well. So I think if you're basically a well person, you can cheat a tiny bit here and there. So sometimes perfection or the striving toward perfection keeps you unhealthy. I agree. I just actually just finished my second edition of my book. And I absolutely said that. I said, here's the thing. You've got two lanes, right? Here's a lane of somebody who's very healthy. If you're healthy, you're going to have a different choices of foods that you're going to eat. If you're over here and you have some major illnesses going on, you've got rheumatoid arthritis, you've got psoriasis, you've got you know, autoimmune issues, whatever you've got over here, you have to make some different choices than this guy over here who's perfectly healthy. Um, And so you've got to know yourself and know, hey, what can I have and what can I not? Well, you know, it's like with gluten. So I had Dr. Perlmutter on my show and he was talking about this article that was published in Nutrients where they took little slices of the intestinal tract of people who had different interactions with gluten. There were celiac disease patients who have an autoimmune reaction when they eat gluten. There were people who had gluten sensitivities, which are people who have kind of allergies to gluten, but they don't have an autoimmune reaction to gluten. And then there were the people who say, I've got a, I've got a stomach like a brick house. I can eat anything. I can eat all the gluten and bread and pasta that I want, and I don't have an issue. So they took non-reactive healthy people, allergic reactive people, but not autoimmune and autoimmune. 
and they put the strips of their intestinal tract, their small intestine and large intestine, in a Petri dish with gluten, which basically gluten is an umbrella term for 200 storage proteins. It's not one thing. It's proteins that plants make in the wild to make an animal or a bug sick if they eat it. So it's very resistant to being broken down and very pro-inflammatory, which is what the scientists found, that every time they added gluten, which is a number of storage proteins, in with strips of human intestinal tract, the intestinal tracts would become inflamed. But the healthy people could bring the anti-inflammatory molecules da, 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 to the rescue. So they would make interleukin-10, which is an anti-inflammatory cytokine, and they would clean up the inflammation really quick, like, whoop, I'm inflamed, da, 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 da. here's interleukin-10, whoop, no more inflammation, I'm fine. But the allergic people took much longer to bring in the anti-inflammatory cytokines to the rescue, driving in on the horses, and the people with autoimmune disease could never even do that. So we all get inflammatory reactions from gluten, but some of us can clean it up quicker. So maybe that person could have gluten a few times a week, as long as they don't have it three, four times a day and get away with it. Awesome. All right. This next question is from Linda in Muncie or Muncie, M-U-N-C-I-E. I just got diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and my doctor wants me to be put on levothyroxine, but I'd prefer not having to take any medicine at all. Are there any natural options I could use to treat it? You actually can try that first, although some, many people do do better on some kind of thyroid replacement. But you can try first testing your iodine levels. I like to run serum iodine, take a look and see what they are. I don't like to give iodine without knowing where the person is. Remember that your th thyroid hormones, triiodothyronine and thyroxine, all those terms are because there's iodine molecules in there. So unless you have adequate iodine in your body, you won't make thyroid. So the first thing you want to check is your iodine. And if you have an autoimmune reaction, you want to check your gut because we now know that a leaky gut is linked to autoimmune reactions. So sometimes cleaning up a leaky gut, taking iodine, and sometimes using glandulars. I certainly love glandulars, especially fetal glandulars. And a lot of the old time doctors that have been in the functional medicine field for decades use fetal glandulars. And there's science behind it to show that they can mend uh, glands. Sometimes we even give it as injectables, but you can buy them as nutraceuticals only from doctors' brands because you want really high quality animals that they come from. So you usually give yourself six months to see if you can figure out these root cause issues and address them and track your thyroid panel and see if, and your symptoms and see if you improve. If you don't, then you're probably going to need intervention. And the first interventions we give are natural thyroid complexes, but some people do better with, um, either levothyroxine or Synthroid, and you can ask your pharmacist for brands that are free of, um, free of talc and colorings and things like that, because they're better versus not better brands of those. So is that helpful? Yes, and I will tell you, I, um, I have started to take some iodine myself, um, and it has made a night and day difference in some other people that I've talked to. Um, 
I I will put the link of the iodine that I prefer, Which and it's one made. Um, it is called. I'll have to grab it for you. Um, hang on one second. Let me grab. No worries. I'll give my my ice some time to melt so I can get a sip of water. I use. Um, this is the brand I use. This is not the dosage I use. I use fifty. Um, we, I had accidentally ordered the wrong one, but this isn't, I, I'll take like three of these only because I want to try to get like 50 well, milligrams. that's pretty high, 50 milligrams. Yeah, I take 50. I don't know, yeah. I, I'm more conservative than a lot of doctors are with dosages like mm -hmm. vitamin D and iodine, but that is exactly the brand I love. Yes. Biotics also has a brand that's very similar to that. A lot of the doctor's brands are the best way to go because every month they have to do a quality assurance citation and you can call them up and say, can I see your quality assurance uh, printout on this brand and you get it. So they're held to wow. accountability. That's why doctor's brands are better. And that that's a really high quality brand. Have you heard of this at all? It's called sulfur boron. Um, it's have you have you seen this before? Have, have you have you seen anyone that had success with it? I just started trying it. So what are you trying it for? I still have a little bit of psoriasis, um, like right here on my forehead and on my scalp. So um, that is not completely gone away. And so if have you someone had- your red blood cell zinc levels? I need to, I, I have not. I think I'll do that next. You ought to do that. Make sure that they're, when I test a red blood cell mineral level, I look that they're in the highest quartile, the highest fourth quartile. So that, um, and you want to make sure that there's a lot of articles in the literature that resistant psoriatic patients can improve with some zinc. But the sulfur homeopathic is also very helpful because so many of your hormones are held in a piggy bank in your body for use when they should be used with, when they're combined with sulfur. Sulfur is a very, very healing uh, vibration in the body. So if someone is zinc deficient, is there any specific zinc supplement that you highly recommend? I think a lot of the zincs are good. Zinc chelate, zinc picolinate, zinc citrate, a lot of them are good. The main thing is you just have to be careful that you give a backup small amount of copper because zinc can downregulate copper receptors. Um, but I had one woman who was a hormone coach and she was helping everybody else with their hormones and just mm -hmm. couldn't get herself well, ran her zinc red blood cell level, and it was in the toilet. Zinc, your hormones, remember the receptors are filled with nutrients. Mm. One awesome. of the most important is zinc. Right in the binding domain, like the parking lot where the hormone parks in the slot in the parking lot, there are two atoms of zinc in science called the zinc finger. The mm. hormone links onto the zinc finger, which pulls it into the gene to deliver its signal. So everything else can be perfect. If you mm. don't have enough zinc, you won't get that hormone pulled into its parking lot space. Mm. So that's why I always say the bigger picture, the bigger picture, the bigger picture. That's awesome. Is there any other supplement that you say, like, this is a game changer for someone? Like for me, for me, um, I have a few, but what are for you that you go, you know, these kind are just a game changer? There's a lot of them. Um, I am presently designing a line for biotics. I gave a talk in Virginia 
it was to medical docs and to chiropractors and nutritionists. So it went down both tracks a few months ago. They had the largest turnout they've ever had in the history of the company. And um, so they've invited me to design a female line. So I'm going to be designing a product that will help stabilize hormones. I designed Metagenics' first female line in 1982, and it was called the Femline. And so I learned a lot by putting those products together. For example, one of the things I learned that I use a lot that's going to be in this product is PABA, because PABA slows down the breakdown at your liver level of your hormones. So it helps keep your hormones more zen throughout the day. Um, so that's really important. But in terms of looking at a, so stay tuned for my products. If you go to my website, drlindsayberkson.com and sign up for my email list, I'll let you know when these products are, are coming out. But um, awesome. One of my, I'll just tell you one favorite product. Yeah. So I was ill a lot when I was young until I found out why that my mother was given that carcinogenic prenatal vitamin. And was when I, when I understood why then I could turn it around. But until then, I kept getting cancers and I kept being ill and I kept having tumors. So I had my one, I'm missing almost eight organs and I don't have a kidney. And with the removal of the kidney, even though they promised me at the pre-surgical meeting at the Mayo that they would leave my adrenal gland in, they didn't. So I minus an adrenal gland and a kidney and I went into adrenal failure after that surgery and I had to be put on hydrocortisone. So over the years, I've really discovered what supports your adrenal or not, so I wouldn't have to go on medication. And the product that has saved my patooties is called Cytozyme AD by Biotics. It's a fetal adrenal product that has taken my, some of my patients in adrenal failure out of it without having to use hydrocortisone which is a very common functional medicine intervention, and then in higher doses, an allopathic intervention. So that product, I don't go anywhere Can without a bottle of that. Can you send us that link? Can sure. you send me that link? I don't go anywhere without a bottle of that in my suitcase. Wow, I love it. Well, Dr. Berkson's new book, Sexy Brain, Win the Battle Between Our Toxic Environment, Your Sex Life, and brain. Her slogan is be the best, smartest lover ever. I love it. Go to her website, Dr. Lindsay Berkson. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at chantelrayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for having these shows. Bless you. Thank really. you.